Uh, I'm going to be uh, also reading from a similar kind of story of Jesus in, uh, in Matthew 13, but we'll start with this little parable in Mark 4 and uh, verse 26. Jesus employing a farming metaphor, um, a seed that grows to, uh, to illustrate what we want to talk about tonight. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And as soon as the corn is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. We are uh, just through this term, we're having one or two breaks every now and then, like IJM Sunday, next Sunday, but basically undergirding the whole of our teaching this term is uh, the seven vital signs of life, living the vital life. And uh, if you sort of dredge back to your GCSE biology, you may remember the mnemonic Mrs. Gren, which uh, stood for, those are the seven letters that stand for the seven vital signs of life. All living organisms, all living bodies, anything that lives healthily, will exhibit movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, reproduction, excretion, and nutrition. You need to feed. If you don't feed, eventually you die. If you don't reproduce as a species, eventually you die. If you don't move, after a while, it's a sure sign you're dead. So these are the vital signs of life. And they're, they're true any from, from the molecular to, uh, you could apply it in, in, in the world of nature, you can apply it across the business world, well, whether you're having time to making some connections with your work, uh, and how healthy is your organisation or your office or your staff team? Uh, do they exhibit in some way, shape or form these signs of life? Today we want to look at, at growth. Growth as a vital sign of life. It essentially is this. All living things grow. Anything that lives grows in some way, shape, or form. It may growth is basically the, the increase or addition of size or capacity to an organism. So your growth may be obvious visually, you may actually see something grow, enlarge before us. Or there may be something internally that's Naked eye, we're really, really invisible to the naked eye, but there are internal structures or capacities. In, in you and I, we may have stopped growing physically, um, but we'll be growing in wisdom or experience or in confidence or competence. You and I, I guarantee because, it, well, unless you're dead, perhaps you're dead, but I'm going to charitably assume you're all alive, um, then you are not the same person you were three months ago. Or six months, let's take this year, I mean six or eight months ago, none of us. Boy, the things that we have confronted, that have confronted us in this year, 2020, have grown in us. Because we are living through it, all living things grow. Actually, our language is, is um, it doesn't help us here, I think. This is what tends to pacify us, because we tend to say, we tend to think that growth is down to us. Uh, we say things like, um, oh, you've grown your hair. Oh, I see you growing a beard. Actually, if you think about it, like, can we actually stop our hair growing? No, when we say you're growing your hair, well, no, it just means I, I haven't cut it recently. I haven't taken steps to inhibit its growth. 
Are you growing a beard? No, I just haven't shaved for a while. The, the bristles on my face can't help but grow. Growth is just an inevitable sign of life. So our language doesn't help us, and sometimes I think it makes it sort of like, you know, me growing a beard. It's, it's all down to my effort. No, it, it just happens. In fact, if I don't want to be, I have to take steps to inhibit growth on my face. Jesus tells a simple story. To, to people who know, he is, to, he's talking to an agricultural community. They, I think they know about growing things. And yet he has to point out that a man's got seed, a farmer does what he does. But night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, doesn't matter no what activity he gets involved in, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. Growth is part of the life of creation, part of the life of God in us, in his church. It's interesting, it's just in um, Jesus' analogy of, um, in John 15, of the vine. Do you remember he talks about it? He says, I'm a, like a vine. Um, vines, by the way, grow patiently. I mean, they, they, you really have to tend the vine as it grows like topsy. He says, I'm like a vine, and you, he says to his disciples, us, by derivation, he says, you are the branches. And his teaching centers around two things. He says, if you, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, then you'll, you'll bear a lot of fruit. You'll be fruitful. And, and apart from me, if you don't abide in me, you, you won't bear any fruit. So he talks about abiding in the vine and fruitfulness. Do you notice know, he never once talks about growth in that, in that passage on the vine in John 15. It's just a It's just super. Just if you abide in Jesus, then the fruitfulness is the result of growth. It just happens. Maybe we take the, the reality of growth for granted sometimes, or we think it's all down to us, the seed sown here, all by itself. It produces uh, stalk and the ear and the full grain of the ear. It grows. So, so given the givenness of growth, the inevitability of growth, in a sense, there's nothing you can do, in one sense, I'll come on to just contradict myself in a minute, but there's nothing you can do about stopping growth. Then, then here's my question. Where are you, where are we looking to grow? What, what growth are we expecting to see in our lives, in our relationships, in our work, in, in this church, in, in the groupings and, and clusters, hubs and life groups that we're connected to? Where are we expecting to see growth, given that it seems to me biblically it's an inevitability, whether he sleeps or gets up, whatever we do, a little seed grows. Just symptomatic of what anything that lives healthily does. Where are you seeing it? I mean, one says there was a little people, in fact, the little people this time last year didn't exist. There were a cluster of cells in a mum's tummy. And, and here they are crawling around. We see growth very evidently amongst young human beings. Those of us who stop growing physically, so how are we looking to grow, for example, in terms of the fruit of the spirit, of love, grow more joyful in, in these testing times, more peaceful when there's stress and anxiety crouching around, 
threatening to consume and undermine our mental health. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these are the goodness. Faithfulness, these uh, fruit of the Spirit. Are you, are you prior to the expectant? But the more evidence of that in your life. Or, or in terms maybe of service and sacrifice. The, the more we follow Jesus, the more we recognize that, we, that he, he came from heaven and limited himself to earth, took the form, Paul says in Philippians 2, of a, of a servant, not, 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 a, not a kind of fated human being, not, not, a, not a celebrity in contemporary terms. No, he took the form of a servant. He, he washed his disciples' feet. He, he, he made the journey to Jerusalem and out of the city wall onto a criminal's cross. So as he took on the form of sacrifice and service for us, as we grow more into his likeness, should we not expect that we will be even more servant-hearted, sacrificial? Maybe as we journey in the Christian life and we recognize just how much God has given to us, will, 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 will we see generosity grow in us and through us? Maybe in kind, thoughtful acts of service. Maybe through the hospitality that we offer. Maybe just a, a note or a card uh, texting those that we know are maybe isolated in need on the margins in some way. Financial generosity. Where are you, where are you expecting growth, given that growth is a given? Anything that lives, grows. And following on from that, I guess, is given that growth is inevitable, what is it in our lives that is inhibiting growth, slowing down growth, limiting what God might do in and through us? Here's the second reading. It's another parable, again, around a metaphor of um, a, a sower and seed. It'll be familiar, but um, look it up if you'd like to. Matthew 13, or I can, I can read it to you. Matthew chapter 13. Um, let's go from verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying... A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever, whoever has ears, let them hear. And a familiar story of seed sown in four different scenarios. Do you, do you notice that, it, that the seed grows in three out of the four? It's only on the path where, and the path will have been just that piece of, of land you, you keep off the main sort of fertile bit that you want, you want to grow the crop. So you, farmers and passers-by in the, the villages and so on would, would tread, you know, tread a path, just the, the weight of their footfall would pat down the, part, the, the soil and make it really hard so that it's impenetrable. You, you see just lands on the top. And so I, I guess, 
I guess there are those, uh, um, I'm assuming maybe not amongst us here tonight, but there are those that we know who have become hardened by maybe just repeating their own opinions or their kind of the, the opinions in their kind of social silos on, uh, on uh, social media and, and the like, maybe voices or opinions of others that have just kind of trampled down and hardened their hearts to God's word. And it would seem from this passage what Jesus is teaching that there is there are some circumstances when the seed of his word isn't able to grow a warning implicit perhaps but but of the other three even though the next two seed scenarios are there's serious impairment one beneath the surface in the soil and one above the surface visible that that thin out and choke the life of the seed it still grows and the fourth seed scenario where there's extraordinary growth, unbelievable growth, a hundred times what is sown. Uh, again, I encourage you to receive that as a possibility for your life, that God can do a hundred times more than, than you could ask or imagine in your life. But just those middle two, the, the, um, the rocky places, and than the thorns and the thistles. And I, I wonder whether, to the question, what's inhibiting life? What's, what's preventing God being even more fruitful, growing even more obviously in us? I, I wonder if it's because we have come to rely on or, or, or to sort of lean into things that don't give us life. That we've, we've we've sort of blurred the distinction between soil and rock. And we think both have got the nutrients to feed us, but actually only the soil will feed the seed. Rocks won't do that. I wonder whether it's uh, some of the company that we keep or the opinions that we adhere to, that the time that we spend, maybe unbeknownst to others, these are beneath the surface things. Maybe the things we've come to rely on, um, our CV, our successes, our past accomplishments, the relationships that we have, that we enjoy, and, and where we are enjoyed by them, things that we've come to rely on that make us feel good, that kind of stroke our feathers, that, that kind of tempt us to be assured that all is well, that aren't actually rooting our lives in Jesus. So we're not we're not actually actually feeding on his word reading one or two good books christian books but kind of that's a bit more interesting or easier to do perhaps than than chewing over even just a paragraph just a story just a psalm or time in the presence of jesus alone talking to him listening to him hearing him call your name so that you know that he knows you. That's what grows us in the quiet places, in the secret places, the, the, the soil under the surface. I wonder whether that's grown thin in, in these challenging times so that when the sun comes out, we, we feel it's scorching heat. Our faith is in danger of withering we won't grow or, or 
the, the thorns and weeds that grow up amongst us and, and now these are above the surface so they're, they're obvious, we can see them. And I wonder whether we are all of us tempted to, to comparison as we look at what's growing above the surface in our lives and we look at others around. I wonder whether that comparison chokes us uh, just as part of my uh, sort of research on this, I, um, just looking at growth, um, far too much time watching YouTube clips of sort of time-lapsed vineyards growing and all this kind of thing. But uh, apparently, if you watch a leaf growing under a microscope, like so microscopically, then it, it grows completely randomly. It, it's chaotic. Um, when you look at it under the microscope. And yet if you, and you can just, just go on YouTube and just you know, type in a sort of time-lapse growth or whatever, and, and you see to the naked eye a sped-up version of, a, of a, a, a leaf growing, and it just seems beautiful. It just sort of uniformly just beautifully uncurls. It, it, it's, you know, it's a thing of wonder. To the naked eye, to the outside, it looks like it's beautifully ordained. It's just so ordered and structured and perfect. But apparently that very same leaf, at a, at a microscopic level, it's complete chaos and random. It's completely unpredictable. I, I wonder whether scientists have helped us to understand what goes on in the life of a leaf, <laughs> to, to reflect back to, to our lives. Does that kind of ring a bell? Because there's something that is wonderful and ordered about the, the, the competence of each and every one of you in this room what you're able to do and achieve day by day. It's just in mastering the art of conversation, in the number of things that you're able to juggle and balance. Uh, your abilities that we so often we take for granted are incredible. You can order a life and pattern a day. You all managed to get here to this service. You've got plans, no doubt, for the rest of this evening. You, you know roughly what's coming on the rest of this week. So beautifully ordered and yet and yet at the same time on the inside I wonder how many of us feel like we're kind of on the verge of panic or, or feeling anxious only just in control of our lives and, and of stuff that's going on around us and that, that's where the comparison thing comes in as, as we're growing up with other things growing up around us and we what we tend to do is is compare what we know of our insides with what we perceive of other people's outsides. We think, oh, they, they look so together. They've got it all right. They're, they're bossing life. And we don't imagine that actually maybe going on inside them is something similar to what we experience going inside us. And so we, we, we compare our insides with other people's outsides and the comparison doesn't do us well because either through comparison, we'll either be prone to feeling pride, yeah, we've got it all together compared to them, or despair, as we feel we haven't got it together compared to them. What's inhibiting the life of God growing in you? Is it stuff beneath the surface? Misaligned time commitments and priorities that take us away from feeding our relationship on him or, or is it comparison stuff above the surface where actually rather than living our lives as it were to an audience of one seeking his approval we're actually 
looking around feverishly, furtively, and again, anxiously to see if we match up and compare. Some seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred or thirty, sixty times what was sown all by itself, Jesus says in Mark. Though the farmer knows not how, God is at work growing in us. Final little challenge for, for those of us that gather here uh, at the five at, at St. D's, because um, growth will happen. It goes through stages and seasons. Um, I just, I love, um, we're just fortunate we live next door, and so I often, I'm in a room that can look out across the green at all the trees. I love, I love the different seasons here. Um, and th- there's, there's certain things that you can guarantee through all the change. As we're just, we're seeing at the moment, um, the, the decay that autumn ushers into winter, leaves turning yellow and brown, they'll fall off the trees. And um, there'll be several months where all the trees out there are completely bare these sort of skeletal structures in the middle of the green. But you rest assured, I mean, I, I've got no idea what 2021 is going to, there's so many things I've got absolutely no idea as we try and sort of think ahead and plan. But one thing I can pretty much guarantee is that come April, May, June, those trees will be with the sort of verdant, fresh green, a canopy of leaves. They'll be there'll be life, there'll be growth through the seasons. And, and here in the church, we go through seasons of, of, of life and growth. Uh, and one of the things I've noticed, because I obviously, have, it's to do with my job, but I, I go to all three services here on a Sunday. And um, so one of the things I've noticed is that a number of people who were kind of core to us here, uh, the five, in fact, I think a few of them met here or in activities uh, around St. Dee's a few years ago and they got married and in the fullness of time there are little people coming along and there, there are on our, um, our kind of database there's about 13, 14, 15 couples who um, both of them were kind of pretty plugged into us and as couples they, they were coming regularly to the five uh, but with the advent of little people, family life and so on um, as I say, there's about 12, 13, 14. A number of them now are kind of plugging in to the, to the family service in the morning, the 9.30. And, and so I've, just with the overview over time, you kind of notice that, oh, uh, I know who you are. I'm, I'm used to seeing you at the 5, but here you are at the 9.30. No, no, we're plugging in, clutching um, baby and a whole sort of coterie of kits that takes about three hours to get into the car. I mean, don't envy these guys. <laughs> just, I tell you, um, just, try, just getting to church is a sort of a whole military operation in and of its own. But what, it, what it's meant is that it's just, it's, okay, so you sort of come here at the five and, and suddenly you think, oh, the, some of the familiar faces, some of the people I was used to seeing, some of the people who kind of, I don't know, they kind of, they kind of gave the five its kind of, its sort of feel. They were the kind of, they, not necessarily appointed, but they were the kind of welcomers or the hosts. They were the ones who were kind of always there. Um, if there was a sort of, you standing around, there was a peal of laughter, you'd look around, it'd be one of those guys who just cracked a joke and everyone's just enjoying it. And, oh, they're not here. And what I, what I want to say to, I'd say to a number of churches in this part of London, 
uh, where the sort of turnover and, and, and churn of London life, people come, they're here for a bit, and they move on. That's, that's, that's how the Lord blesses us, actually. He just keeps on sending his people, and then they keep on moving on. But what it means is that while, while we're here, we, we can't hang around kind of too long waiting to be welcomed. Now, please, if, if you're new here, <laughs> I was chatting to someone, it's their first Sunday here, so hey, welcome. And, you know, but next week, I'd like you on the welcome team. No, that's a, that's a joke. But I, I don't, don't wait. I think the thing is don't wait to, to step into a growth opportunity. That's what it is. That if you've been coming along and people have been welcoming you and you, you're pretty familiar, you know how it works, you know who some of the people are, you know where the toilets are, you, you, you kind of, um, yeah, you're kind of familiar with this place. Well, then now you can start to be a welcomer. Um, I, either formally joining a welcome team, the more the merrier. We've got Ange and Morris, our welcome team host today. So come and have a chat with them if you'd like to join in uh, and be a formal part of the welcome team. But you don't have to formally be ticking off the list and doing all the bits and pieces. You know, it's just like smiling, greeting, going to someone you don't recognize and saying, hi, welcome. I've been coming here for five weeks. I'm an old timer. Tell me about yourself. And you'll find you'll grow. As you, as you step into roles that initially will have felt a bit uncomfortable, a bit awkward, but, but as, you, as you kind of, I don't know, you just take a, a step of faith, it maybe feels a bit unnatural, a bit unusual to assume or adopt that posture. But as you do it, you'll grow and you'll create space for others to come in under you. You will become the people that um, were doing that role and have moved on from us, either to another service or maybe they've moved on uh, to a, another part of uh, the city or the nation or the world indeed I, I'd love to encourage you not to think because I, I know I'm, I'm relatively old Joe and I've been here uh, some time and, and I, sometimes I, I hear people refer to St. Dee's or they, in conversation they say oh your church they say to me oh you know at, at your church this is, I promise you this isn't my church this is Jesus church um, he calls me to steward it for, and, and to lead it for the time being. I won't be here forever. I hope I'm here for some time. I love what's going on. I uh, feel really called and excited to be here. But we won't be here forever. It's not my church. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Jesus. So, so don't think, oh, well, you know, uh, just, uh, you know if Tim's okay, it's not, it's not up to me. Just, just get on with it. <laughs> Welcome or host or uh, help clear up or, or whatever it is. Treat this place as if it was your home in, in the nicest way haven't checked out how you treat your home to, to sort of qualify that comment. But if you treat your home well, then treat this place like you treat your home. <laughs> Have I covered it? <laughs> you know what I mean. These are opportunities for us to grow. Be inviters. Uh, uh, as you see, if there's an empty speaker, oh, who could I invite to come along here? I wonder if there's someone who'd, who'd like to try out church, maybe via Alpha or, or perhaps directly via a life group. They find a smaller thing on, on Zoom, if that's how we're meeting, uh, most of us still are. If that's an easier way to access the church, to have a look-see. Or invite them to watch online. A number of people have joined us recently who um, have checked us out online, first of all. Uh, and I've got, I carry a little list, it's in my diary over there, but I've got a little list, it's, I counted it, 17 people have, since September, they've joined us such that they've, they've signed up on church suite and said, I'd, I'd love to plug into a group in some way. And so I've got a list of them, I, if, if any of you are here tonight, I'd love to meet with you so that I can put you into that group. But would you welcome them uh, and, and embrace them, encourage them to join in with your triplets, your life group, whatever it is. So it, it, it doesn't become a sort of bottleneck with the vicar as the proverbial cork. 
ways in which we can exhibit growth, allow growth in us and in our church uh, to usher in all that God wants to bring at this time and for his glory. Living the vital life, growth. Because Jesus is the kind of person who, when you put a seed in good soil, when the context is right and healthy and good, it produces a crop a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, Jesus says, let them hear.